It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is green and gold history. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is A's baseball. This is green and gold history. Now it's time for a little green and gold history. So we're going to do top 10. It's going to be the top 10 players drafted after the 10th round. Yeah, 10th round or later. You know, it's interesting this year with the draft being only five rounds. Um, and obviously, that's a lot of players who will not be drafted. But if you look at the history of baseball, players drafted after the fifth round, and more so the 10th round, it is a really an uphill climb for those guys to reach the majors. It just does not happen as often as your top five picks, top five round picks do. And that's because the money invested. And if you're a, you're a first round pick, you're making millions of dollars right away in these slot money. Right? And so the team is invested in you and they're going to do everything they can so you can be successful, reach the majors, and they get a return on the investment. And, you know, the further down you get drafted, you're, well, there's not that much money. You're not getting anything. So they don't have as much invested in you and you really have to do it on your own to stand out, to work your way up. Um, it's going to be interesting now, especially with this year, you know, with only the five rounds and players after that signing for $20,000 on average, um, it kind of levels the playing field for a lot of minor leaguers. And it's going to be interesting to see how these free agent signees, which these players will be, how their path to the majors go. You know, Paul Himbikides, who we have on from ESPN, and, you know, top researcher and producer, and he's on the show Get Up, and also uh, Buster Only brings him on the podcast, Baseball Tonight, every single week. And he's a former college baseball player. And I asked him, I said, okay, if you're a guy that, let's say you're a really good player, and you would have been maybe a sixth round or a seventh round, which you still get pretty good money, would you take the 20 grand and start your career? He said yes. I don't know. I'm talking about guys that coming out of high school. I'm like, right. You know, maybe, maybe because you get guys that are drafted in the, in the top 10 rounds. And then all of a sudden you go to college and in three years you grow, you get bigger, you get stronger. And now instead of an eighth round pick, you can be a first or second round pick. Now you've made yourself a lot more money. You got three years into school to get you to help get you closer to your degree. I would really have to weigh that option of just take the 20 grand and start my career versus take my scholarship, start my, start my, you know, get my degree and then hopefully I get better and then I get drafted higher. And by that point, hopefully everything's back to normal. Yeah. You know, I, a guy like Andre Ethier, right. Back in the early 2000s, he went to community college for right out of high school. Uh, He plays one year there, gets drafted, he gets drafted in the 37th round. Okay, so he's not going to get any money, um, and he's going to go to the lowest level of the minors. Well, instead, he gets 
a scholarship to Arizona State, plays two years at Arizona State, gets drafted in the second round by the Athletics, gets good money, and he's starting at A-ball. It, it's a, you know, some players can make it right away. Other players, like you said, they need to grow a little bit. And why don't spend that time at college playing in this organized ball uh, and give yourself a better chance to put yourself in a position to be a high-round draft pick and, again, to be taken care of more. Because once a team invests in you, they're going to take care of you. I'm with you. I think you're better off taking the college route. All righty. Who is your honorable mention? So these are guys, a little qualifications, drafted in the 10th round or later by the Athletics and then debuted with the Athletics. Uh, There's been plenty of guys who've been drafted by the A's and then uh, been traded away in certain certain instances and made their debuts uh, for other teams. But these guys were drafted and finally made an made their debuts with the A's. So uh, honorable mention, Greg Cataray was an 11th round pick in 1983. Darren Lewis, uh, 18th round pick in 88, uh, eventually traded to the Giants. Uh, A.J. Griffin was a 13th round pick. And then a couple of athletics who are on the roster right now, Lou Trevino was an 11th rounder uh, in 2013. And how about Seth Brown? In 2015, he was a 23rd round pick 578th overall and worked his way up to the big league. So a guy, both those guys have a chance to make this list later in their careers when we see what they do. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one former athletic is the greatest draft pick of all time. That would be the hall of famer, Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza, you talk about how uh, late a guy can be drafted and drafted by just as a favor. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is just, this is a favorite of time of Lasorda because this is Mike Piazza and he gets drafted in the 62nd round. <laughs> so you what never he, know. What did he sign for? Uh, I think he signed, he had to pay them. I think it's how it works. <laughs> he showed up to spring training with a check. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, you're talking about a, you got to talk about getting value off a draft pick, uh, Mike Piazza. All right, number ten. Number ten. We're going to start with a local kid, and that's Shooty Babbitt. Shooty Babbitt was the A's 25th round pick in 1977 out of Berkeley High School, and and Shooty's one of those players who was a good athlete, a scrappy player, but no outstanding skill that set him apart from other players. Uh, He had some speed. He had some back control, but he didn't have a lot of power. So how does a guy like that make his way to the big leagues? And it is from just pluck, right? It's just being hard-nosed and grinding and then being at the right place at the right time. He kind of worked his way up through the A's organization. um, And then he goes to spring training in 1981. Billy Martin's the manager. Billy Martin, who also went to Berkeley High School, falls in love with Shooty. Shooty has a great spring. He hits 529 in spring, and he's the opening day second baseman. He's needed some, some life in the infield. And that's Shooty opened eyes with this great spring. And he played some in 1981, right? 256, but he had no power. He really didn't walk very much. Um, he just wasn't, he wasn't an impact player at all. And that was his only year in the big leagues. Uh, he played three more years in the minors, ended up going to the Montreal organization, uh, and that was a great scout. But pretty good, a 25th round pick to find his way to the big leagues. And you look at some of the other picks in the 1977 draft, the number one overall pick is a Hall of Famer, Harold Baines. 
number three overall pick, Hall of Famer, Paul Molitor, and then two players who had great careers with the A's and unfortunately are no longer with us is number 20 overall, Bob Welch, and number 26 overall, Dave Henderson. Yeah, these drafts, it's fun to look back, and um, we have one of those on the on this date in baseball history. Uh, this is the day that uh, Dave Winfield went second, Robin Yount went third. Uh, both had pretty good careers. All right, Shooty Babbitt, friend of the program, one of my favorite people in all the game. Number nine. Number nine is a guy probably a lot of A's fans might have forgotten, uh, and that's catcher George Williams, who was the A's 24th round draft pick in 1991. Uh, you look at that 1991 A's draft, they took Brent Gates with the number 26 pick, and Gates had a had a good start to his career, and then a leg injury ended it for him. Uh, the number one pick that year is a guy who never made the big leagues, one of only three n- number one overalls to never make the big leagues. That was Brian Taylor, a left-handed pitcher for the Yankees. Uh, the other number ones not to make it were Steve Chilcutt, who was taken over Reggie Jackson, and Mark Appel. Stanford pitcher who's taken over Chris Bryant. Yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah. Uh, and Mark Capelli was drafted number one twice, um, or first round twice, number one the second time. Uh, but George Williams, uh, what was attractive to the A's at the time, he was a switch hitting catcher. Uh, but he was a little older. He went to UT Pan America. He, uh, you know, he was 26 years old when he finally reached AAA. But he showed really good numbers in 1995 at AAA, hitting 310 with 13 homers. And he had that one skill that always caught the eyes of the A's, and that was on base percentage. He had a 413 on base percentage. Uh, and they were already looking. The A's were looking ahead. They needed a catcher to replace Terry Steinbach, who they knew they were going to lose after the 96 season. Um, originally, a guy you might have known, Eric Helfand, was going to be that guy, a guy from Patrick Henry High School in San Diego. Uh, also, Izzy Molina was part of there. But George Williams gets his ch- chance. Uh, struggled in 96, splitting time with, uh, with, with Steinbach. But in 97, actually has a really good year. It's 289. That on-base percentage is at 388. Uh, had a huge home run that I'll always remember in the game that Randy Johnson hit, had 19 strikeouts. Most people remember McGuire hitting the ball 538 feet in the kingdom. But George Williams also hit a homer off the big unit that day. Uh, so George Williams had his chance and he got some playing time. Didn't really last after the 97 season, but for a 24th round pick, not bad. Number eight. Number eight is, uh, a local legend grew up in the East Bay, went to Nation Valley high school, played baseball at Cal, uh, lasted to the 10th round in 1986. And that's Lance Blankenship. Now Blankenship's one of those interesting stories. You don't see this very often. So after his junior year at Cal, where he was an All-American uh, playing third base, uh, he's a second-round pick of the Red Sox and decides not to sign with them and goes back to Cal for his senior year. Has a good year, not as good as the year before. He's still a, a Pac-12, uh, all-Pac-12 selection, uh, playing more of the outfield now because actually Jared Goff's dad, Jerry Goff, was playing more third base that year for Cal. Um, Lance Blankenship ends up moving to the outfield, uh, but he but now he's a senior. He's got nowhere to go, and he ends up being a tenth round pick of the A's. And, and and Blankenship was a was a great athlete, right? At the end of his Cal career, he had school records for games, runs, RBI, home runs, total bases, steals, walks. I mean, this is a, this is a true athlete who could play. 
Um, and he makes his way up to the A's. Uh, in 1988, uh, AAA, he's hit 397 on base percentage, 96 walks. He's showing that skill that is going to put him ahead of other guys. Uh, and in 89 and 91, he's, he's a utility player. He basically takes the Tony Phillips role where he's playing all over the field. He plays in the 89 and the 90 World Series. Uh, by 1992, he takes over as a second baseman, uh, a team that wins the AL West. He has a 393 on base percentage. He's got 21 steals. Comes back in 93, plays 94 games, has a rotator cuff injury, and is never heard from again. And when I say never heard from again, during these reunions when the A's have the 89 championship team, he's not there. And for what I know, I believe he still lives in the Bay Area. And I know he had a, a tropical fish store out in San Ramon for a while, but we've never seen really heard from Lance Blankenship in 25 years. You know what? I don't know what year it is, but it wasn't that long ago. I had him on the, I had him on the, uh, I had him on the show. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember why there was a specific reason, but yeah, I had him on the show and it's weird. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page they don't list them. You know, they just say athletics 88 to 93. They don't list them as a World Series champion. Yeah. Yeah. And played in the 89, got a hit in the 89 World Series versus the Giants. Also played in the 90 World Series. I mean, he was such a great athlete. Uh, kind of soft spoken, but boy, he could do anything. He could run. Uh, great stolen base numbers in college and in the minors. Not bad in the majors, but I've always, for these reunions, I, I love to see if we can get Lance back because I, I just, you know, the local kid. Especially for me, growing up in the East Bay, I always heard of him in Mesa Valley. Uh, come on, Lance, show up. Yeah, no doubt. Number seven. Number seven is the guy who's been in the news lately because he's currently pitching in Korea. That's Dan Straley. He was the uh, A's 24th round pick in 2009. Now, pitchers who get drafted late in the draft tend to have a little easier time to make it to the majors than position players because pitchers grow and, and mature at a different pace and sometimes things just click right and i'll know saw having that discernible skill that will set them apart and you know straley was a okay college pitcher at marshall nothing special and that's why he lasted the 24th round uh, but right away in the minors he showed a knack for not walking guys and striking out batters um, he had a good fastball but he had a really good slider that was usually about eight or nine mile an hour difference between the fastball so it was hard for batters too to really discern, especially at that level in the minors. Um, you know, in 2009, right away after he gets drafted, 18 walks, 66 strikeouts uh, in the minors. And in 2012, at Midland, he's averaging 11.3 strikeouts per nine innings. At Sacramento, 11.1 strikeouts per nine innings. So by August 2nd, 2012, he's leading all of pro baseball with 175 strikeouts, and he gets called up to the A's. And he was good for the A's at the end of the 2012 season. Uh, right, really helped that team. I and mean, they lost Bartolo Colon to the suspension. They lost Brandon McCarthy uh, after getting hit in the head with the line drive. But he took that spot in the rotation and was a real big factor. Um, and then in 2013, another solid year. He's actually pitching. Uh, unfortunately, it ends up being a loss in game four of the ALDS. Detroit, he's got a 3-0 lead in the fifth inning before he hangs a slider to Johnny Peralta. Uh, really, his only mistake in that game. Um, and Australia moves on in his career. Now he's pitching in Korea, but uh, having that discernible skill, um, and that's what he had, that strikeout to walk ratio. It, it was eye-popping, and it, it led his path to the majors. 
Dan the K-Man Straley was on the program from South Korea, and he's having a good time. We're going to have to check in again with him soon. All right, number six. Number six is still part of the ace family. He was the ace 10th round pick out of Pepperdine in 1995, and that's Ryan Christensen. So the 95 draft was interesting. Uh, the A's first pick in that draft, the first round pick, they took Ariel Prieto, the Cuban pitcher, um, passing on Todd Helton, who went number eight in the draft, also passing on Roy Halladay. They got Ariel Prieto. So those are those are tough. Uh, but they they you know they love the look of Ariel Prieto. Christensen he lasts to the tenth round, and again he's he's a player, a good college player, and he's got speed. He's got a good eye, um, and he gets his chance. And finally, in 1997, uh, in his second full years in the minors, he has one of those years where he goes to A ball, Double A, Triple A. Puts it all together. It's 310 overall, 27 stolen bases, 105 walks. He's catching the eyes of the A's. And he has a good rookie year in 1998. Uh, he took over for Jason McDonald in center field, and he's kind of the everyday center fielder in 98. Uh, by 2000, though, now he's just sort of the fourth or fifth outfielder, a defense replacement for Ben Greve late in games, um, not really getting a chance to play every day. But a smart player, as we can tell now, he's a very smart baseball guy, uh, who's able to work his way up by being that, that 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 fourth outfielder with the skill of speed and defense, and that can get you a job in the majors. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great to have him around and uh, be the right-hand man for Bob Melvin. Number five. Number five. Uh, another pitcher taken in the 24th round in 2004. That's Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden was a 24th round pick. Uh, But how about this? He is not the latest draft pick to ever throw a perfect game. In fact, he's not even the second latest. Uh, Kenny Rogers was a 39th round draft pick in 1982. 39th round. And Mark Burley, yeah. And Mark Burley was a 38th round draft pick. Wow. Pitchers, man, and I know you have Brad Ziegler coming up a little later on the show, and, and he can talk about it too. I mean, he was a 20th round draft pick. Pitchers, uh, the teams take a flyer on him, and if something just clicks, uh, it happens. And, you know, for Braden, um, it was all about control, right? He was never that hard thrower. He was going to be that left-hander, but he had that discernible skill that he wasn't going to walk batters, and that's what catches – especially at the major league level, uh, talent evaluator's eyes. Uh, in 2007 in Sacramento, 18 walks, 74 strikeouts. Um, just tremendous control. Um, 2004 draft for the A's. Everyone talks about the Moneyball draft in 2002. But in 2004, the A's had four of the first 40 picks in the draft. Four of the first 40. Um, and they didn't do great. Uh, number 24, they took Landon Powell. 26, Richie Robnett, who never made the big leagues. 36, Danny Putnam, who had a cup of coffee with the A's. Number 40, they did very well at Houston Street. Uh, and then in the second round, at 67th overall, they took Kurt Suzuki. So it ended up uh, being a good draft, especially getting Street and Suzuki. Um, also in that draft in 2004, uh, Matt Bush went number one. Uh, as we know his story, 
he was going to be an infielder. Lot legal trouble got in the way. Uh, worked his way back. But number two was Justin Verlander. And then in the second round, there was Hunter Pence and Dustin Pedroia. So an interesting draft in 2004. You know, the thing about pitchers, which is different for than position players, and you learn this when you start working in the minor leagues, is that the position players, if you're not drafted high, the guy who's drafted high, he's going to play and you're going to ride the pine. If this guy's Correct. drafted the first, second, third, whatever, he's in. But pitchers, and especially now because we don't allow guys to go deep, they've got to have arms. So everybody's going to get an opportunity to pitch. And all of a sudden, if the reports are coming from Stockton saying, hey, this kid's getting everybody out, it's not going to matter then when where you were drafted. That's the thing. It's like you're going to get an opportunity as a pitcher because you you got to have arms to where position players, you get blocked so much. That's a good point. You're going you're gonna to get a chance to get on the mound because they need you to get out. And, again, if you have that skill that can open their eyes, you're going to get more and more opportunities. Number four. Number four is Scott Barocious, who was the A's 20th round pick in 1987 at a small Linfield College up in Oregon. Um, 87 was a great draft. That was Ken Griffey Jr., first overall. Jack McDowell went number five. Kevin Apier went number nine. Uh, Hall of Famer Craig Biggio went 22. Uh, but Brocious lasted to the 20th round basically because he didn't show any power in college. Uh, they liked his bat. They liked his bat speed, but he really wasn't showing any power. Uh, and then as he gets a little older, uh, and by 1990 at AA, it's 23 home runs. And works his way up in 91, uh, makes his major league debut Eight days shy of his 25th birthday. He homers and doubles in his debut. Uh, can play everywhere in the field. Eventually, by 1996, he's the everyday third baseman. Hit 304 in 96 with 22 homers. Uh, then traded to the Yankees uh, for Kenny Rogers. Uh, he's a three times World Series champ. He's a 1988 World Series MVP, where he hit 471 with two homers against the Padres. Uh, from Little Linfield College, 20th round. Uh, again, there's the late bloomers. And scouts can sometimes see when a guy's going to develop power late. Uh, I don't know if that was exactly the case with, case with Brocious. I know they liked his bat, but in his case, he did develop the power late and became a very good major leaguer. God, you get traded and you get to play on arguably the greatest modern-day baseball team of all time, the 1998 Yankees. Imagine getting traded to those guys. Man, it's just, and here you go, you're going to trade it. You're going to play third base. You're going to take the spot of Wade Boggs. And here you go. Oh, wait, there's Jeter. There's Bernie Williams. There's Jorge Posada. How's our pitching staff? Oh, there's Cone and Wells and Pettit. Oh, who's in the ball? Mario Rivera? Yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a dream ride for the former all-star, Scott Brocious. Number three. Number three is a guy we've talked about. Uh, a few times, and he was a 17th round pick at a Central Arizona Community College in 2000, and that's Rich Harden. 17th round pick. Now, we say Central Arizona Community College. He only spent one year there, but this is a guy who pitched in high school in British Columbia uh, with not against great competition. Uh, he showed skill, but it was hard to really judge what Rich Harden was all about because he was not going against very talented players. And he was drafted out of high school as a 38th round pick by the Mariners. Uh, 
uh, decided to go to community college, jumps up to the 17th round uh, and signs with the A's. And as we know, uh, worked his way up. Uh, 2003, he's, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable at Midland AA. In his first two starts, 13 innings, no hits, no walks, 17 strikeouts. Uh, moves up to Sacramento, dominates there, and then he joins the A's rotation. And we know his major league career, because of the injuries, uh, was not what it could be. But again, a 17th round pick, uh, he was so talented, Rich Harden. And that's, you know, the 2000 draft, number one overall was Adrian Gonzalez. Chase Utley was in that draft, Adam Wainwright. And then taken after Harden, some more late round picks, Jose Batista and Jason Bay who both had big major league careers. You know, I'm just going back to Brocious real quick. I've never heard of Milwaukee, Oregon. Did you know that there was a Milwaukee, Oregon? Yes. If you uh, fly in the Portland airport and you have to make your way down to either Oregon State or the University of Oregon, you will uh, take 205 South and you will see the sign for Milwaukee uh, and you can get off there and there's some fine eating establishments. Number two. Number two is one of my favorite players growing up. Uh, he was a, a 15th round pick in 1973 out of high school, Dwayne Murphy. Murph, this is a Charlie Finley draft pick. Uh, turns down a football scholarship to ASU. Now, you remember Dwayne Murphy with those broad shoulders. I mean, this guy was a hell of a football player. Uh, you mentioned tight end earlier. He played tight end. He also played middle linebacker and just a great athlete. Uh, but he turns down the football scholarship to go play baseball uh, as a 15th-round pick, so not a lot of money. Um, and he spends five and a half seasons in the minors, and again, not showing power, but showing another thing that stood out, and that was leadership qualities. Everywhere he played, the comment was about how Murph is a leader of this team. Great defender. His defense was always above average. Uh, makes his major league debut in 78, becomes a starter in 79, and then just takes off with one of the greatest outfields of all time. Ricky in left, Murph in center, Tony Armas in right. Captain Murph, he actually named the captain of the team. He's a six-time gold glover. And then the power comes, right? 27 homers in 82, 33 homers in 84. Uh, a perfect number two hitter for, for most of his career behind Ricky because he could take pitches. He had a great eye. Uh, a guy just, you know, out of high school, probably shouldn't have gone to the minors. He needed to grow a little bit more, um, especially his skills. And that's why he spent five and a half years down there. Um, but thank goodness he didn't go play football at Arizona State because we would have not been able to see this, this unbelievable center fielder in Dwayne Murphy. Yeah, Paul Hembikides gives every, every Monday will give me five trivia questions. Some are A's related, some aren't. And the question was, who are the only two A's who have won four or more gold gloves? And Chavi and Murph, I guess them both. I was two for two. Nice. Two for two. And I gotta <laughs> tell and I and I gotta tell you, you know, these decisions in life, you know, what if he goes football? What if he busts his knee up and he never becomes a professional? But I mean, you know, it's just certain decisions that you make in life that, you, that where you choose that path. It's uh it's, you know, thank God he cho chose the right path, especially for him financially. True. All right. I can't wait. Number one. Number one. 15th round pick in 1982 out of a high school in Miami, Jose Canseco. 
so we look back at, at the 82. Uh, so Jose, this is a guy who didn't even make his varsity team in high school until senior year. His twin brother, Ozzy, was thought of more of a prospect, and he was a pitcher. Um, and that 82 draft, uh, Sean Dunstan went number one overall. Uh, Dwight Gooden was number five. Uh, in the second round, Barry Larkin was taken. Barry Bonds was drafted in the second round, the 38th overall pick by the Giants that year. He obviously, he did not sign and went to Arizona State, but a second-round pick out of high school and not to sign. Uh, that's an interesting choice because baseball, I think, is the one sport that has it right in that is if you're eligible for the draft after your high school class graduates, if you don't sign and you decide to go to college, you have to spend three years in college before you can be drafted again. You can be drafted after your junior year. To me, that's the best system um, because it helps the colleges and helps the player. But for a player to make that decision as a second-round pick out of high school, you don't see that very often. Now, obviously, Bond made the right choice, and it worked out great for him, but it was odd at the time. Um, the A's in 1982, uh, they didn't even have a first-round pick. Uh, they lost it to the Red Sox. It was compensation for the A's signing Joe Rudy. They lost their first-round pick to, to sign an aging Joe Rudy for the 82 season. Uh, their, their first pick they had that year was in the second round. They took Steve Onaveris, uh 54th overall. Which was okay. I mean, he had two cents with the A's and actually led the AL in ERA in, 80, in 94. He was an all star in 95. And he actually he was pitching as late as he was 40 years old. But Jose gets taken in the 15th round. And we know the story. Uh, he's not showing a lot of power. He's not showing a lot of growth. Uh, and then finally, by the turn, time he turns 20 in 1985, he lights the minor league world on fire 36 homers, 127 RBIs. 333 average. He's the second coming. Uh, and he has a fantastic major league career. Not as good as it probably could have been. But he still hit 462 home runs. He's a six-time All-Star, an MVP, 40-40, two-time world champion with the A's and the Yankees. And he's one of only 14 all-time with 400 homers and 200 steals. So even in a career that should have been better and might have been enhanced and definitely was enhanced, uh, it was still pretty good. And, and, and for our younger fan base out there, you got to realize, so we're talking late 80s. Jordan's not Jordan yet, okay? Magic, and, you know, this is the, you know, birds starting to wind down. Magic's still a star. Joe Montana's a star. Jose Canseco was a star. Jose Canseco, yeah. put it this way, you had paparazzi following Jose Canseco and they have the, the the video of Jose Canseco coming out of Madonna's apartment in New York. Paparazzi were following him. There's no other baseball player like Paparazzi's not following Mike Trout. Jose no. Canseco at the All-Star game, I remember uh in Chicago uh on on the north side because everybody likes to say south side. Uh <laughs> at Wrigley Field if you remember that was back when you know, the, you know, the, those apartments were independent from the Cubs and people right. were hanging out of the building saying, hit it here, Jose. He was a rock star. Yeah. And that, 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 that A's team, 88, 89, 90, they were rock stars. They traveled like rock stars. And Jose was, was the biggest of them all. Uh, everybody wanted a piece of Jose and he loved it. I right? probably loved it a little too much, uh, <laughs> but he just, 
you know, you talk about what Dennis Rodman was like uh, for the Bulls and, and taking trips to Vegas in the middle of playoff series. Now, Jose wasn't quite like that, but he had that way about him where you wanted to party with Jose Canseco. Um, and he wasn't even that big of a partier, to be honest with you, but he had that charisma about him. He was Jose Canseco, right? This, oh, he's a first 40-40 guy. No one ever done that before. And he was hitting bombs. Uh, people would come out to batting practice to watch him and McGuire hit bombs. No one did that before those two. I mean, it was just, it was a show everywhere they went. That team was unreal uh, to go around the country with. All righty. Go down the top 10 again. Top 10 A's draft picks taken in the 10th round or later to debut with the A's. Number 10 was Shooty Babbitt, 25th round in 77. George Williams, 24th round in 91. Number eight, Lance Blankenship, 10th round in 1986. Dan Straley, 24th round in 2009. Ryan Christensen, 10th round in 95. Number five, Dallas Braden, 24th round, 2004. Number four, Scott Barocious, 20th round, 1987. Rich Harden, 17th round in 2000. Number two, Dwayne Murphy, 15th round, 1973. And number one, Jose Canseco, 15th round in 1982. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.